You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 278. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Canters. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our training programs at thecmethod.com. So the other day I needed to print some sheets of paper, which I don't normally have to do, but I went down to Officeworks and uh, Officeworks is like a staples uh, for my non-Aussie listeners. And I went down there to print and normally it's very easy. You just get your card, you swipe it and you, you email them and it, the print comes out super easy. But because we're in stage four lockdown, they have closed all the office works. And so I went down there and they said to me, oh, you're going to have to go home and order online. So I went, okay, that's a little bit annoying. I only had, only had to print four pages. And so I go back home and I log into the Officeworks website and then I'm going through the whole process where I have to upload the PDF and then I have to fill out, I have to answer all the questions. Is it double-sided? What type of paper do I want? Blah, blah, blah. And then I went to put in my credit card details and then it wouldn't add the print to cart. And then my credit card details wouldn't work. And then my browser for some reason wouldn't accept the like it wouldn't play flash player or something. And it took me two hours to get these prints uploaded and sent to Officeworks. And I felt myself getting so frustrated. I could feel my blood boiling. And I actually, I found myself yelling at my computer. Like I was yelling going, why? I'm only spending $2 here. Why is this even happening? And I was actually tearing up because I was so upset and frustrated. And I remember after that experience, I remember thinking to myself, wow, I really reacted badly to that. (laughs) That was not very constructive. I got really stressed about that. Wow. About sending some prints to Officeworks. That was was probably not the the most constructive way to deal with that situation. And I want to ask you this, Rockstar, have you ever found yourself reacting in a way that is less than desirable? You know, in a, you know, maybe a stressful situation or a frustrating situation, maybe it's at work, maybe it's with another person, maybe it's in your personal life. But have you ever had an experience where you've taken a step back later and gone, hmm, that was probably not the best way I could have dealt with that? Well, if that is the case, and I'm sure, well, I'm sure we've all experienced that at some point. In this episode, we are going to explore how you can control the way you react to situations and to shift the way you react in a way that is going to be more constructive and more helpful for you. And I'm very excited to introduce you to my guest, Melanie Hayden, who is here to show you how. Mel is a behavioral coach and a facilitator with a passion for studying human behavior. And she has over 20 years experience in HR consulting. Through her company, The Hayden Effect, she works with companies aiming to improve their human side of business and with people wanting to raise their self-awareness and satisfaction levels with work and life. I met Mel through the Compass Program, Leadership Program for Women, uh, which we are both facilitators of. And she's got just so much bubbly energy. And I thought, got to get her on the podcast. She, um, she also shares her own personal story in this episode of, of a homeschooling situation with her daughter, where she had to put her own teachings into practice. 
So it goes to show this really does affect everyone. And Mel also shares with us some simple steps that you can take to learn how to better manage the way you react to situations. So if you can learn to do this, you'll find yourself feeling much calmer, less stressed, and you'll have better relationships with others as well, as well as just improving your general well-being. If you find this episode valuable, I would love it if you could share it with someone who would also appreciate it. You can share the podcast through your social media profiles or simply tell someone, say, hey, check out this great podcast that I heard the other day. Here's the link. All right, Rockstar, let's do it. Let's meet Melanie Hayden. We can't control what happens to us a lot of the time. How we respond, we have control over. And that's where I work with people to work out how you can actually control what your responses are so that you have a choice in choosing constructive behaviour or behaviour that is going to bring out your best and the best of people around you. And we do that by looking at what your thought processes are. A lot of the time, you know, we have things happen to us and we go, okay, we'll deal with that later. And, and I have a, an analogy where I say, well, we put it in our bag. So something happens, we pop it in the bag. And then something else happens and pop it in the bag. We block it and pocket. And then we get to a point where we are carrying, are carrying around a bag that is so heavy and it also starts to split at the seams. And so things come out that we don't expect or we weren't planning on when a situation occurs. Can we dive in more to, into this analogy of the bag that we carry around? Because I really love this. So what I'm hearing, Mel, is that we, instead of collecting, it's kind of like how we collect things yes. and we hoard items and we hold on to them yeah. and they clutter up our life. And so what are the things that we're collecting in this, would you call it an emotional bag, a, a mind bag? Like what is, what it's sort a, of? It's a thought bag. A thought basically. bag, okay. Yeah. So it's what shapes our thoughts. And so we may have had something happen. Um, so we're, you know, driving down the road and somebody swerves into our car and it causes us a lot of fear. And, you know, maybe we, maybe some damage of Maybe that's just not, not go too serious, but it damages our car. Yeah. And you see so you without your car and you're spending a lot of money and you've got to walk and da, 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 all the rest of it. And so you, that passes. And then the next time you're driving along, somebody just slightly swerves into you and all of a sudden the thought comes back and you go, oh, I've seen this happen before. And you jump to assumptions and then your thoughts and your feelings all shape around that. And that's what shapes your behaviour. So how is that a problem? If I'm hold, what what is the thought that I'm holding onto? Is it that all drivers are bad, or yes, this always yes. happens to me? Like, what are some of the thoughts that? So you might have you might freak out completely and go into angry mode because you go, I'm not going down that path where I'm going to be out of car for six weeks and da, 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 and all the rest of it. So, and even though this person's only just slightly, and it's not even going to be a situation, you react in it's like a protection you know we it's a, all of these things that we carry around in our bag a lot of the time are to protect us but they actually often hinder us more than they protect us if they are not of value and that's a really important part as well because we need to ensure that what we're carrying around in our bag in terms of our thoughts are in line with our values with the way we want to see ourselves as our best version of ourselves so you're saying that we, so we go through life and we collect these thoughts about 
ourselves, about other people. Um, I guess I'm thinking of an example of, let's say, someone in the workplace who is delivering a presentation and maybe they don't do a very good job. One thought they might have about that is, oh, my boss thinks I'm stupid or yeah. I'm, I always freeze up. I'm not good at public speaking. Is that an example of a thought that might be kept in your bag and carried around Definitely. with you? Definitely. And I think that, um, you know, we talk about fight a fight, flight or freeze response. Um, that's a really good example. So somebody who goes up and, and makes a presentation and, you know, is conscious and, and a little bit nervous about it. If somebody asks them a question that they think is having a go at them right? or, you know, well, what do you mean by that? And they go, oh, so that person's either if they're going to come from a defensive point and they're not choosing the most constructive behaviour, uh, the fight person will go, oh, well, weren't you listening? What do you mean? Well, why would you ask a question like that? So that's that sort of aggressive. Right. Whereas somebody who flight might all of a sudden want to withdraw from the situation and shut down. And somebody who phrases might just not, say, not be able to say anything. You know. So... It's our thoughts. And, and when it comes down to it, we don't know what this person is thinking about us. We can only control our own thoughts. Mm -hmm. So um, being conscious of that is the greatest gift that you can give yourself because then you choose how you respond. Right. Okay. And I do want to dive into that a, a little bit later. I know you're probably sick of me coming back to the bag analogy. No, I love the bag analogy. All right, cool, cool. So we've got this bag that we carry around with us and it's collecting all of these thoughts based on the experiences that we've had and these thoughts may or may not serve us, but we're carrying them around anyway. What do most people do with this bag? Ignore it. Okay. Um, or a lot of the time not acknowledge that it's there and the more that happens to you, the more energy it takes to carry around with you. It's exhausting. Can you explain that? What do you mean by that? So it's like, um, what's her name? Um, Marie Kondo? Is that yes. Her name? Yeah. The decluttering because lady. It, we're decluttering. So like a house where you collect things and it might have meant something to you at the time so you keep it and you don't want to get rid of it because you're not sure what it would mean if you let it go or, or what, what will you do with that space. So it's the same type of principle, but just from a behavioural perspective. We're checking out what you've got and what it means to you and does it benefit your behaviour or does it cost you in some way? And a lot of the time people, um, if you're not spending time cleaning out your bag it is a consist this is an ongoing thing as well yeah. you, you don't clean it out and then it's done you never have to look at it again um so we you know we need to stop and think okay what's going on with me at the moment why am i reacting the way that i am where are these thoughts coming from is this something that is a behavior that i've carried or an automatic behavior and do i still want to have it how does it align to how I want to see myself or how does it align to how I influence other people? Is it in a positive way or is it in a negative way? So how do we know if this carrying this bag around with us is a problem? When does it, when does it become a problem? 
it's all around how we're spending our time and energy. We all get, you know, we, we get given this much time and energy. It's not about finding more time or more energy. What are you spending your time and energy on? And if you find that you're spending time and energy in an area and it's not benefiting you, so for example, it's causing you massive amounts of stress um, and you don't like how you are responding to right. situations or people, uh, or sometimes it's when people get feedback around that, unexpected feedback, um, whether it's a breakup of a relationship, whether it's uh, feedback from a manager or feedback from a client, uh, it's that, oh, hang on a minute, what what's happening here? And this seems to be something that is happening in a pattern for me. Right. So it sounds like when things aren't quite working out for you in the way you'd like them to, mm -hmm. or maybe you're spending, I mean, I know a lot of people in the workplace spend too long stressing or, you know, feeling anxious or over-preparing for a meeting or a presentation yeah. or a conversation they need to have with, with a colleague. Yeah. And that, so to me, from Mel, from what you're saying, it sounds like that if you notice yourself spending too much time preparing or you're spending a lot of time stressing over something that's coming up, maybe that's an indication that your bag is getting full and you need, to, you need to take a look at it and declutter yeah. Marie Kondo style. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, doing a bit of a spring clean. How can you do things more effectively? How, how, do, how will that impact your well-being? It's all to do with well-being. So it's always good to pick something up and, you know, either clean it up if it's something that's great, then dust it off and clean it up and raise it to the surface or pop it away. You know, one of the techniques that Marie Kondo talks about, and I recommend, she's a bit of a nut, like she's a, she's a little a bit eccentric, but I, I her book is great and I'm going to link it up in the show notes. But something that she says to do is go, let's say you're going through your clothes and decluttering, you pick up an item of clothing and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? Give me joy, yeah. yeah. Does this spark joy? And if it's a yes and you, she, she talks about how you feel it in your heart, you go, I intuitively know, yes, I love this skirt. I love it. You keep it. But if you're like, oh, well, I got it really cheap or, oh, but I've had it for, you know, it's sentimental value. If you're a bit, eh, then you get rid of it because it's not sparking joy. It's not serving you. And to me, it sounds like we can do a similar thing with our thoughts, yes. Mel, is that right? Yeah, and I think definitely we can look at our response to a situation and say, am I, <clears throat> am I proud of how I responded in that situation? Mm. Um, was, it, was it constructive? Did it take a lot from me in terms of, you know, time and energy and stress? Or was I able to move through effectively? So, um, and all, the other thing with behaviours is they can spark joy, but we, can, we also hold on to behaviours where we go, no, 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 I need that just in case this happens. Can you give an example? So, um, in re interpersonal relationships is a really good example. So, um, if you have been um, disrespected in a relationship in the past because you weren't um, aware of something, then you might become extra, a little bit more cynical or you might become um, a little untrusting 
in in the next relationship completely different person but in the next relationship because you think oh no no I've no I'm not going to let that happen again and so therefore that's something that blocks you rather than um, creates space for your best person to be does that make sense it does it sounds like it would be difficult to let go of that because in some way it is protecting you right uh yes very much so like when we facilitate you know through compass we talk about going through the dragon's belly or the belly of the dragon so if you have a perceived self and then something occurs that highlights your actual self and there's a bit of a gap then in order to get back up to that wanted self or perceived self you need to go through the belly of the dragon and that is that will be uncomfortable there's a lot of uncertainty there Um, but if you if you don't go through that then you're just you know rationalizing or justifying and you go backwards so yes there and it depends on how deep it is Mm. it's like when you see those um uh, decluttering non-hoarding shows some people hold on to something and they would just fall apart crying about it because they put so much of themselves their thoughts into it so yes it depends on how long um, we've held that thought how long um, what it served us in the past have we have we actually processed that Um, and what does it mean for us if we let it go Okay, Mel, so now that we understand the concept of how we hold on to things and react to situations, can you share some steps for how we can change the way we react? There's, you know, lots and lots of process around this, but one that's really important to acknowledge is we need to be aware of it first. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of people have things happen or they have automatic behaviour that they will do that, but they don't, they're not really aware of it. Um, So awareness is the first step. Um, acceptance is the tough one and then action so you can't act you know you can buy a book a gold course da, 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 all the rest of it but if you're not aware of your personal what personally is impacts your thoughts and behaviors yeah. and you haven't accepted it so this is where the uncomfortable bit sometimes comes in because we go okay well how does that work for you um, what what happens around you and what happens to you when you respond in that way? What's it? What does it feed? Mm. And you know, and where does where does that come from? And it's not a matter of you know lying down on the couch for six months or anything. You know, it, focus forward. It's that solution focus. We want people to keep moving forward, but that acceptance point, actions moving forward. That acceptance point is just let's stop and have a have a look at it. And do you want to keep it? Do you want to change it in some way? Or do you want to let it go? Do you mind, would you mind sharing an example, Mel, of maybe a time where you became aware of a reaction or a thought that you were for having? For me? Yeah. Oh, I have these things all the time. I can give you one from this morning. <laughs> give you one from this morning. Yeah, sure. Um, I am in Melbourne. So uh, I am in lockdown. I also have had a broken foot for three and a half months. So I've been in stage four basically for a long time. And I'm homeschooling uh, my six-year-old, almost seven-year-old in grade one. 
great idea to send her to the local primary school, but uh, which is a bilingual school. And so that was fabulous until I have to become her teacher and everything is in French. <laughs> so, um, and when I was at school, one of the worst things, I just hated, hated these things was, you know, if the train leaves station and it's traveling for two hours, you know, what time is it going to get? But this is what we had to deal with this morning, but all written in French. Uh, but I'm going to say it in English because my French is not great. So it's things like, um, today I'm going to leave for Adelaide. It's uh, six o'clock in the morning now. I'm going to leave at six o'clock. It's going to take seven and a half hours to get there. What time will I get there? And so Tessa, my daughter, is, you know, working through. Um, um, and I can feel, I often say to people, acknowledge the physical feelings that you have because that's your first clue. So for me, you know, a bit of this starts happening. Like tightness in your shoulders? Tightness yeah. in my shoulders. And in the back of my mind, now that, you know, I'm thinking about it, in the back of my mind, I know where this is coming from because I hated these types of questions and they made me really angry and feel frustrated that I couldn't just click them like some people do. And she was taking so long to get to it and she's dancing, you know, she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, oh, okay. you know, and this is my automatic reaction was, can you just concentrate? If you if you used all the energy that you're using to dance around and move and uh, to actually concentrate, you might be able to do this. And because I don't want her to be as frustrated as what I was when I used to do that. But that's not the most constructive way that I could have responded. And fortunately, I can catch myself and I try and practice what I preach. Stop. Love this analogy. Stop. Stop. It's for stop take a breath, observe what's happening, openly observe what's happening. So I thought, no, this is to do with me. This is not to do with her. And then proceed with choice and in line with your, with your values. So that's so, S-T-O-P. So it's actually the acronym STOP and each one has a different stop. Can you repeat those for me? So it's STOP, so STOP, which is often the hardest bit when, when you feel, you know, something happening, STOP. Take a breath, full, full deep breath. Observe what is going on. So what is actually happening here? So and what did you observe? I observed that the frustration um, was coming from me um, and I did relate it back to I hated these types of questions when I was younger. So, you know, it all of that was bubbling down mm. and I mean she's you know she's six it's she's just sort of you know doing this kind of thing but <laughs> that was enough you know that was just for, I was almost like it was a little opening for my bag to spill and right. onto her and that wasn't the most constructive way of you know trying to bring her back and you know, I'm a teacher, but not of six-year-olds. <laughs> and definitely not in French. <laughs> and not in French. <laughs> not in, oh, so so oh, tell me, oh. so going back to the, the three steps that you talked about before, which was to um, observe and then accept. Aware. So you, oh, oh, sorry, be aware. Three A's, okay. yeah. So awareness. Yep. Acceptance. So tell, me, so tell me about what you did in that moment to accept well, I accepted that it was coming from me and it was not something that was coming from her. Um, I don't think I've processed it because even when I'm talking about it, I'm still angry that I couldn't do those kind of you know, <laughs> questions when I was younger. But I accepted it to the level that I could change my action right. or change my response to it. And it is very much a deep breathing. Um, 
unfortunately, <laughs> my beautiful Tessa, she, because I, you know, tell, speak to her about all these things as well. And she will actually say to me when she sees me getting a bit tense, she'll go, mum, mum, stop. <sighs> Take a breath. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like saying, it's like when I'm trying to get her out the door or something. And I haven't got time to talk. That's what I'm thinking, but I have to do it. No, deeper, mum, deeper. And it actually does work. That is adorable. Okay, now we're right. Oh, my God, you're only six. What are you going to be like when you're a teenager? But anyway. Sounds like you've taught her well, Mel. Well, I love you too well at this point. So... <laughs> so 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 the third A, which was the action. Yes. So what was the action you were then able to take after you accepted? Afterwards, I actually said sorry. I said no, let, let's let's do that in a different way. And it's about um, a level of to- tolerance and you know it, acknowledging my frustration in a situation. I said, okay, let's do it in a different way. So then I drew a line which had 6am, 7am, 8am, 9am, all the way, all the way through. And then we counted and then I'm putting a sun for am and a night for pm. And I said, so if we leave at 6am and it's going to take us eight hours or eight and a half hours, whatever, how, let's count. Let's do it that way. And did you do that in French? I was going to, I knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) No, I did not do that in French. That would have been really impressive. Uh, well, you know, when she she has to write it in French on um, on her seesaw application. So, um, but no, we actually did that bit in English. Well, Mel, thanks for sharing that example. I think it's a really beautiful way of illustrating the the concepts that that we're talking about here. And um, tell me, Mel, as a result of that. Because, you know, we're talking about, okay, it's important that you are aware and accept and then change your actions. What result does that then get for us? How does that then affect ourselves and then the people around us? Well, it gives us the ability to know that we have a choice. We don't have to go with what we've always done or what our automatic reaction is. And it's it's going to happen all the time. You know, it's not striving to be perfect. It's being human and giving ourselves the opportunity to go, mm, hang on a minute, I'm going to do that in a different way. That wasn't the best way that I could do it. Yeah. That wasn't the most constructive way for me to do it. So it's all around that feeling of choice. And when we feel we have choice, then it brings us uh, much more calmness. Um, it yeah. also brings clarity into the situation. And that's so important for our well-being and the well-being of people around us and how we connect with people as well. You know, it is so powerful when you do realise that, oh, I I can choose to react in a certain way. I don't have to do the thing I've always done. And, you know, so I think for, if, for you know, for those who are listening, you know, if you ever notice yourself saying things like, oh, I always get so angry when this happens. It's like, well, you don't have to, you That's know, right. challenge that and go, do I have to get angry when this happens? Do I have to get really stressed and anxious every time my boss asks me, you know, to, to speak in a meeting? Is like, do I have to do that? You know, maybe not. And and that's and that's exactly right. It's that difference between having that fixed mindset. Oh well, that's me. I always do it like that. Oh well, you can't change that now. Mm. Um, no, you can. Mm. And by going into it with more of a growth mindset, we go, 
okay, that was really interesting that I responded in that way. Or I'm really curious to think about why, why I'd always do that. And that allows you to open up the awareness and then the acceptance and then the action. So, um, you know, we won't go, it's a whole other topic to go around neuroplasticity, but um, it's our mind is something, it's a muscle, you know, where, wherever we direct our attention and our focus and our intention towards consistently is where we will get strong. Yeah, absolutely. So for someone who's listening to this and thinking, okay, I want to work on this more, uh, what would you say would be the first place they can start? Well, the first thing I always say is why do you want to? How will it benefit you? How, how do you feel the way that you're responding to situations? How is it blocking you or what's it costing you? And it is, you know, there are enormous amounts of books in the world and online courses and all that sort of thing. But um, I think it's really important to have an individualised, I'm going to say the word assessment, understand yourself. Yeah. Don't just put yourself in a box like Maya Briggs, oh, I'm an INTJ, or, you know, actually understand yourself because that's going to raise the awareness and then the acceptance is usually something that it's really good to have somebody else work with you. Okay. So if you have access to somebody who can challenge you on certain things without your defences coming up, but if it's an objective person and you know that they're only doing this to help you, you can say, well, hang on a minute, Christina, why you acted quite defensively when, when we were looking at this, why do you think that is? Where's that come from? How has that served you in the past? So working with someone is is very beneficial, but it also has to be self-directed. You have to want this. Don't oh, do it. Don't do it because we think we should. You truly have to want it. And there's a bit of work involved. Definitely. Constantly, constantly. Oh, and Mel, I know like we've both done a lot of work on ourselves and we've had yeah. our own coaches and we, mm -hmm. I mean, this is why we coach people, you know, yes. this is, this is what we help people to do to challenge them and to get them thinking more deeply about themselves. And so I absolutely agree with you there around, you know, it's, it can be very difficult, especially if you've never done it before mm. to work through this yourself mm. and family and friends who have not been trained as coaches or who have too much of a close emotional tie to you. Mm. Can, it's also cannot be as, as helpful. So um, I think, definitely exploring the the prospect of working with a coach. And of course, a coach is a very personal choice. Yeah. Every coach is different. So it's about yeah. finding the one that's right for you. Definitely. Well, Mel, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Christina. Lovely to speak with you. Can you share with us how people can get in touch with you? Yes. Look, you can get in touch with me through melanie at thehaydeneffect.com. Uh, also LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways. A big thank you to Melanie Hayden from The Hayden Effect for sharing her story and her insights with us this week. You can connect with her on LinkedIn and I will pop her contact details in the show notes, which you'll find at thecmethod.com slash 278. That's thecmethod.com slash 278. Remember to share this episode with a friend or a colleague if you think they would also find value in it. It's a great way to get the podcast out to more people. I really appreciate your support. 
Thanks for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.